Hey everybody, it's your girl, Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama, by way of Little Glassville, New Jersey, right here on BlackTipRadio.com. We're actually doing a podcast um, that will actually be released on Blacksit Radio. You can also follow us on the Black Expat Journey podcast and, of course, Black Expats in Panama everywhere, including our YouTube channel. So listen, listen, y'all ready? I got an amazing guest to share with you today. I don't know whether or not you've heard, but we are having, which we think might be the first Kwanzaa event in Panama City. Okay, and so it's going to be a post-Kwanzaa event um, held on January 6th in Panama City at the amazing Tourist Day Alba um, Hotel. And our guest is the distinguished Dr. Linda Humes. And, you know, I, I got her bio, baby, just, just to prove it. So I'm going to give y'all her bio and then I'm going to introduce her onto the call. But I definitely want you to understand the caliber of greatness that is going to be with us in Panama um, to teach us about Kwanzaa and its relation to the diaspora, which is very important to me, and so many other things. You know, kids are um, entered for free uh, up to 12 years old, and adults are only $5, and I think we have three spots left for vendors. I'll tell you more about that in a little bit, but let's go. Okay, so Dr. Linda Hazel Humes is currently a doctoral lecturer in the Africana Studies Department at John Jay College in New York City. Her area of research is African-American storytelling and culturally responsive education. She is the chair of the Education Committee for the National Association of Black Storytellers. Dr. Humes is the founder of Yafa Cultural Arts, Inc. Yafa Cultural Arts, Inc. has received Many citations and proclamations, including one from Mayor Eric Adams, proclaiming December 15, 2023, as Yafa Cultural Arts Day in the city of New York. Oh, Dr. Humes is a storyteller and folklorist who performs and conducts workshops nationally and internationally. Her CD, Kwanzaa, A Time to Celebrate, received the 1999 Silver Parents' Choice Award. Her latest CD, On the Shoulders of Our Ancestors, is meeting rave reviews. Her theatrical credits include being the entertainment reporter for PM Magazine and principal work in commercials, television, and film. Dr. Humes was one of 40 women honored in 2017 by the American Museum of Natural History for the 40th anniversary of the Margaret Mead Film Festival. Her new children's book, the Night Anansi Stole Kwanzaa was released in December 2022. See, I told y'all, y'all don't want to miss that. So let's bring on Dr. Humes. Dr. Humes, can you join me on the call? Hello, hello, hello. Girl, listen, thank you so much. I know you're busy, but we definitely wanted to get together and just do a little, um, you know, introduction and warm people up for what is coming to Panama City. You know, thanks to Black Expats in Panama and this Yafa collaboration. We're so excited about it. So please do introduce yourself and, and just tell us more about what you do and what you plan on doing when you get here. Well, I am so excited about coming back to Panama. 
and so excited about collaborating with you because I do believe that this will be the first Kwanzaa wow. in Panama. Wow. You see? And this is right in line with what Dr. Karenga Miranda had in mind when he had the vision uh, and the wisdom to create this holiday of Kwanzaa. It was for people of African descent living in the diaspora. So that means Latin America, that means Panama, that means Colombia, that means Honduras, that means Jamaica, that means Trinidad, Tobago, you know, that means uh, the continent of, you know, uh, North America it means Canada, it means America. And the idea is to let some know and let and remind others of the values, the culture, the rich culture, the wisdom, the, uh, the ancient wisdom from the continent of Africa mm -hmm. during a time where we had to fight to name ourselves. Mm -hmm. We had to fight uh, to see our beauty. We had to fight to reclaim our brilliance. So uh, the idea of having this uh, holiday based mm -hmm. on traditional holidays of harvest on the continent, and most indigenous people all over the world have harvest holidays because we as indigenous people understand what that means to have gratitude to mother earth and father sky, to have gratitude and respect and reverence for nature. So gratitude, if you look at gratitude across the board in any spiritual practice, I don't care whether it's Buddhism, Shinto, uh, Christianity, Yoruba, Islam, one of the keystones is gratitude. Yeah. Gratitude and praise. Mm. That, that is indigenous wisdom. So when we look at that, that's where harvest comes. That, okay, we, we're going to be grateful for our harvest. Right. Okay. You see? So that's that's Kwanzaa. Kiswahili for first fruits. Wow. Okay, I hadn't tied that together. It's harvest and, great, and gratefulness. Being grateful for our harvest. Yes. Well, see, uh, Kwanzaa literally means first fruit which is based on traditional uh, holidays of harvest from the continent. But you can't talk about harvest without talking about gratitude. Absolutely. That's synonymous. Yeah. That's what harvest implies. You yeah. see what I'm saying? So we start with that. So then when we have the Kinara mm -hmm. and you have the black candle, that's Amen. representing the Then you have the uh, red candles, that represent the hard work that is done. Mm -hmm. And then you have the green candles that represent the land or the harvest. So when the people do the hard work, then they get the, the people do the hard work and then they have the harvest. So the people, the black candle, you light the first candle or to or, you know, which is the red, 
uh, Umoja Unity, and then we come over to Kujishaw Galia Self-Determination. Then we go back and forth, back and forth, until all of the candles every single day of Kwanzaa is lit. But these seven principles are universal principles that everyone can use 365 days every a year day. to have a better life. Every you see? Day. So he his genius lives on. You know, and then, you know, we can just tie in the Pan-Africanism. But but we, what's so um, exciting about what we're doing is that the program itself encompasses the seven principles. Mm -hmm. You see, you know, because you, you, you have unity, harambe, call to unity, call to unity. We're mm -hmm. coming together. You have kuji shagulia self-determination. Mm -hmm. So we are naming ourselves. So what is that? Afro-Latinx, I might pronounce it wrong or or whatever it, it is, or, you know, pa uh, pa Panama, uh, expat, Pan African, yes. Pan African, mm -hmm. whatever, however it is. Afro-Panamanian, <laughs> whatever Chiliano. That we define ourselves and name our family. Well, there you go. You see what I'm saying? Well, however, and to respect that, but then also, how do we name ourselves? I am beautifully and wonderfully made. I am brilliant. I am beautiful. I am creative. I, I You see what I'm saying? Yes. Naming ourselves. Yes. Then Ujima, collective work and responsibility. So, you know, we're working together across the, you know, Yafa Cultural Arts Inc with you story power with you uh and then your your partners on the ground to make this happen you know with the hotel and all your other people and then ujama the cooperative economics so you have your yes. vendors you see because that's again what kwanzaa is about right uh and and i always when, when i'm talking to to the children i always say to them now you know, when you get that uh, game set, right? The gaming, that's your Christmas present. <laughs> yes. But when you get something that helps with your purpose or something that you, mm. you, you know, what do you play? You play piano, you play drum. What would be a good present? Maybe a, a keyboard, maybe a drum. What are you interested in? What, what mm. uh, you know, so maybe a book on something you're interested in. So that's where that um, Nia? cooperative economics come in because then we are, looking at the vendors and purchasing from them, letting that money go around within our community. Mm -hmm. Let it go around more than three or four times. Let yeah. it go around. You yeah. see, it's so important. That's almost like the new slavery, but that's another conversation, uh -huh. that economic piece. And then you have Nia, purpose, purpose. right? Yeah. Having that purpose, you know, uh, I, I tell you the truth, uh, when the hardest thing for some people is finding that purpose. But then once you find that purpose, life is much easier, you know? But Nia, purpose, right? And then you have Kuumba, creativity. We are creative people. We're creative in everything we do. We're creative in the way we walk down the street. We're creative in our cooking. Yeah. <laughs> we are. We are, we are cre creative and we are... I think one of the greatest compliments that, you know, uh, black people get and just don't, we just don't embrace it the way that we should is how people try to emulate us. 
You know, what God has given us naturally, there are sometimes I'll see some things on social media and I'm known to just do this post and it says, I'll, I'll post this thing and, and I'll say, I love black people, dot, dot, dot. That is all, you know, because it's people doing things that we do. It is like, we are so creative. Oh my God, Dr. Humes, we are so flavorful. We add flavor to everything that we do. And sometimes I think that the world would like to tell us that we're not these amazing people, but we have to be more vigilant and looking at what they're doing and not what they're saying. You know what I'm saying? Because so many of them try to emulate us in not only our creativity, but the way that we look. You know, God mm -hmm. has given us melanin. God mm -hmm. has given us big, beautiful lips. God has given well, some of us nice booties. You know, <laughs> there's people paying for that every mm -hmm. single day. Mm -hmm. But nobody mm -hmm. wants to call us beautiful. Nobody wants to give us our props. So this mm -hmm. is why we need to make sure that we understand, you know, who we are and what we're bringing to the table and celebrate them and, and make sure that our young people know that early. Absolutely. So this whole Kuumba piece, if we look at the fact that human beings originated on the continent of Africa, African people created everything. And then people started moving to different areas, right? Our challenge is when we get away from that fundamental wisdom. And again, I say indigenous peoples too, because when you look at the, the mindset of indigenous peoples and even people who were in Europe before uh, the people took religion and used it for evil, right? They understood paying homage to the earth. They understood community. They understood ritual and, and uh, bringing all these things to, to together. And when we stop being the moral compass and, and, and start not understanding who wags the tail really, then we're in trouble. So to your point, uh, we never had a situation where, even, I don't care even when certain black people could afford it, they're not trying to cut on themselves. They had a, you know, a, a pride in how, how they look. But some Caucasians want the tan, the lips, and the buttocks, and the white privilege. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You see? <laughs> you see? And the other piece is jealousy and fear are terrible things. Yes. Jealousy and fear. Wow. Jealousy and fear and greed. You wow. see, so it's never, a, it was never about us being inferior. It was always about a narrative that could turn into a socialization process that can uh, dehumanize and take away the money and the resources. It never was about us being inferior. Mm. You, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, so there's that power that be there's this certain you know little crux of humanity 
that just want to hold on to being stupid and evil and greedy and you know, but their time is is shortening <laughs> and they're getting more scared, you know, but yeah. it's important for our young people, like you said, to understand uh, th their legacy. That's Sankofa, you know, from Ghana, the, the beautiful Sankofa bird going back, back. taking what is valuable yes. from yes. our past and bringing it with us into our present so that we can have a glorious future. So understanding, listen, we take Kuumba and see, that's the other thing. You don't have to be an artist to be creative. You, you know, you can be creative in anything that you're doing that you have love to do, whether it's travel, the travel industry, whether it's, you know, being a, a, a physician, Whatever it is, you, you have that creativity to that you can bring to whatever it is, the Kuumba. And then you have, last but not least, Iman, faith. Because we can't do anything without faith. Yes. We have to know that we know that we know. Tops it off, faith, right? Faith. So those seven principles are so important for us as a people all over the, the world, the diaspora, and for people everywhere. You know, and, uh, I for, oh my goodness, I think probably 25 years um, was the uh, storyteller, the jelly, the MC, whatever, you know, you want to call it for uh, the Kwanzaa at the American Museum of Natural History. And that was literally the biggest Kwanzaa in the United States. And I'm pretty sure around the world, I don't know of any uh, place that would have 10 to 20,000 people every Kwanzaa, right? And, and these were people from all over the world that would come and, and be at the museum to celebrate Kwanzaa, right? And what I would say to, to them is, yes, this is an African-American uh, holiday, okay. but it is not a religious holiday. Mm -hmm. It is a cultural holiday. And there is value that you can share in this. So the seven principles is for humanity. Yes. So every, you, every, just said, you just said something. You said this is an African-American holiday. And I know that a lot of people say that, but is it really? It's, well, let's put it this way. It was created in America, but it's but to your point, it's it was created in America, so maybe created by an African American, but for African people of African Afro. descent living outside the continent of Africa. Yeah. So it is indeed a Pan African uh, uh, diasporic holiday for all of us, and for and I believe that. Thank you for going through the principles. Um, Chakalia, I just have never forgotten that one. Kuchichakalia, self-determination, Imani, the faith, and Mia, purpose, and Ujama. They're in my heart. You know, they're the ones that are just in my soul. A couple of the ones you just talked about, I, I had to be reminded of. But I think what is so important is that, you know, we recognize that these principles are just great great things to live by, you know, period. It is a great compass 
for us and how we treat each other. And not just, um, you know, African-Americans, but the but the diaspora, like, like you say, and I'm glad that you'll be able to come here and, and you know, um, I can confidently introduce someone that knows all about this, you know, <laughs> and we're excited, you know, we're excited because even when I talk to you, I, I learn new stuff all the time, you Aww. know, about it. And I want to, because I want to be able to share myself from a more learned um, uh, perspective. The first time I, I did Kwanzaa was in 1995, maybe. And I think I was in Oklahoma and I invited all our friends over and they didn't have African clothes. And back then I used to buy my African clothes from the dollar store, baby. They had these like brushes <laughs> with the little comedy hats. And oh, um, I was like, they was like, I don't have nothing to wear. And I'm like, you don't have to wear you know, anything special, but we just, we need to recognize what we're doing, you know, but I gave them all clothes to wear. I did that once within Oklahoma and I had a Kwanzaa celebration in New Jersey with my family. And it is so funny because you look at the pictures and they all have them clothes. But um, I think it's, you know, and then people were saying, okay, like people will say to me when they found out I was celebrating Kwanzaa, um, people would say, so you're not celebrating Christmas no more, but it's not that. And you did touch on that. It's not a war and it, it's not a religious it's not, holiday. It's, it, no, 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 it's not. And I think again, with the wisdom of Dr. Karenga, you know, for it to start after uh, Christmas, you know, starts from the 26th all the way to New Year's Day. New Year's Day, a lot of times people come together. Anyhow, families come together. But I want to point uh, point out a couple of other things that I think is very, very important about Kwanzaa. So uh, also, you know, the, the Zawadi is the gifts, right? I touched on it a little bit. Uh, it's uh, part of Zawadi is like what you said, making things from your own hand. So if, it, if the gifts is okay, what can I make for this person, right? Uh, so that's another piece of the Zawadi. Uh, Zawadi uh, gifts that can really help someone in in something that they're pursuing or something that you really take time uh, to think about and make for someone. But the other piece of this holiday too that a lot of people do not talk about is... the idea of family and extended family yeah. and self. So part of it is the reflection. Now, you know, New Year's, people either attempt to make resolutions or they are reflective about their lives, how what things they might want to change, what things they might want to do better. That That is, there is that component in Kwanzaa for us to take the time and look back at how we treated people. Do we need to make amends to anyone? Wow. How do we treat ourselves? Do we need to forgive ourselves for anything? And and how and what changes do we need to make to be our best selves? So that is part of Kwanzaa, even when we have uh, the last day, which is the feast day, who do we have to reach out in our families and say, listen, uh, I apologize. Uh, let's start over 
I was wrong or can we agree to disagree? Uh, that is so important, especially in families, because we hear so much things. But if you have a peace as a, what, uh, as you and I, boom, if you're peaceful within yourself, if you attempt to be honest with yourself, and then you come to your family, and then there is unity within that family, if there is an idea of how we can move the family forward, and that's your family, Charlotte, and then maybe I'm in the community and I'm doing that with my family. After a while, you have a strong community. Yes. So again, I it's love that. I love that, Doctor Humes. Black family. It sometimes it has to go from the micro to the micro. You see, and any really big movements always works grassroots. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at our history and the struggle, it was always banging high, always talking truth to power to get them to bend. Very, not very often were they up high <laughs> and looking down to say, oh, how am I going to help? If they wanted to help, they needed the people to show them how they really needed to help. Right. And then, you know, that is the truth in any NGO that is uh, of any uh, relevance. You don't go in and say, oh, this is how we're going to help you. This is what you need. No. Right. What what do you need? What do you, does your community need? How can we help you? Right. Yeah. So back to what I was saying, we need to strengthen ourselves as individuals and then strengthen our families and our extended families it's not all what do they say all kin is not skin all skin is not kin or whatever that expression is Kinful. but then mm -hmm. yes and then you know so who's that family who is that extended family that can help you move forward and you help forward and we all move up together Right. So that is a part of Kwanzaa that many times people don't talk about. Absolutely. I have never heard anyone talk about that. And that is significant. And that's why I'm so glad I know you. <laughs> and I, I know you too. <laughs> I'm so glad I know you. And I'm so glad that you touch on the folk uh, on the on the point that you know, sometimes family is not necessarily your blood. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, family is always going to be your your blood because of, you know, genetics and, and DNA, but it's about relationship, you know, as well. Like, so when you say, you know, reach out to your family and, um, you know, make those apologies that you have to, I mean, I think, oh my goodness, that is so powerful, Dr. Humes, because, it's the end of the year. You know, I feel emotional just talking about this for some reason, probably because I don't speak to half the people in my family, but that's another story. But you know something? The end of the year and the beginning of the year. The beginning of the year. So Kwanzaa ends on, it actually ends on January 1st, correct? Or does it actually end on December 31st? No, uh, January 1st is the uh, the last day, the and last that's the day, day of the Kwanzaa. big feast when everyone, you know, comes together. The last day of Kwanzaa. Okay, the last day of Kwanzaa is basically New Year's Day. Yes. New Year's Day, we're always talking about what we're going to do this year. 
You know, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to work out more. You know, I'm going to travel more. I'm going to work less. I'm going to do all these things. You know, and some of the things involve self-improvement and self-care. But what if we said, and for you to really put that out there like that, that Kwanzaa is about, by the time you get to that last day, what do you need to do? to make things right, to atone with people who are important to you in your life on that day. That that takes it to another level for me. I've never mm-hmm. heard that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, really important. And I really feel that it's also important uh, for us as a people too, to think of service, right? Uh, I think there is an expression and I, I hope I don't glip it up too much, but basically it says that you cannot uh, rely on your oppressor and go to them to be saved. It's at a point now where we must save ourselves. Yes. And, you know, they talk about allies. So we always have had allies, right? Mm-hmm. So anyone who wants to join the bandwagon for positivity, the bandwagon for uh, not repeating history, for the bandwagon of going uh, to elevating humanity to another state, then then let's join. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, in the United States, people, some people might say, eh, I'm, you know, I'm on welfare or I'm poor. Or I, you know, I don't make that much money. I don't have much to give. And that is so wrong because uh, when you have a mentality that you feel that you cannot give, that is playing into a mentality of lack. Yes. And, and then it keeps a person in a lack position. Expecting. If you give to your local, you know, I I don't know, an organization that you trust in maybe, or even to an individual, it could be $3, it could be $5, it could really help. One one of the things is that um, the data shows that even, uh, you know, and I'm just talking about the United States, I don't know, you know, across the globe, but the United States, uh, that uh, African-Americans, even who make a, 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 uh, income that's not really considered, you know, let's say lower or middle income, they give more to black churches or they give more in that way than other populations, right? So it's not that we don't give, right? What what I'm saying is that we need to give to our organizations that we trust or to people that we we know, I mean, you know, yes. we have you know people back, you know, back here that will send barrels back to Africa. They'll send barrels, uh, you know, of things back to the Caribbean or whatever. But we have to also have that ujama that now goes between uh through the uh, uh the African diaspora, and that people in the United States have to understand that. They make more than a lot of people in the diaspora or on the continent, so much more. So if they link up 
with a viable organization or viable people, they could save lives in real ways, in real ways. You know, when you look at, when you really look at the big picture of some people making $3 a day, $5 a day. Yeah. Some people. And, and you're wearing Nikes. Yes. You're in the, in, the, in the United States, you know, I just, I don't know. I just, as you were speaking, I was just thinking of welfare and the welfare system in, um, in the United States. And, you know, when you say that there are people on welfare in the United States that make more per year than other people do in other countries that work 10, 12, 14 hours a day. Okay. And the other thing that came to my mind was, you know, about family. And I'm very, you know, I, I always, I always need to be reminded about family because family to me has always been relationship, you know, but at the same time, you know, there are things that we learn in our family that we need to unlearn. Okay. We need to unlearn. And I think that one of the things that I probably need to unlearn to a certain degree is that, okay, you know, we have the same mother, we have the same father, but you don't mean well for me. And once I determine that someone doesn't, doesn't have my best interest at heart, at that point, and this is, I think, familial for me, at that point, it's like, I don't care who your mama is or your daddy is. I'm going to love you from afar, you know, mm -hmm. but I'm going to love you nonetheless. And I don't want nothing but the best for you. But I'll say this, and that's, that's kind of my story. But I will also say this that you made me think about when it comes to welfare. So when it comes to like welfare and we have, and people say, I don't have, welfare teaches you to say, I don't have. Welfare teaches you to say, I need, I don't have anything to give. And, you know, and if I have too much, I don't want them to know. And, you know, all this, that it just, it just teaches that mentality. Well, in other countries, it is no such thing. You got your people. And so, you know, has the, um, has welfare enabled us to be independent of the people that we really need the support from. You know what I'm saying? Whereas here in Panama, it's all about the family. You know, you know, you have family here. I don't care what's going on in your life. You're always going to have somewhere to go. You're always going to have somewhere to go. Regardless, no questions asked. That is just the, the culture here. Where that is not the culture in the United States at all. And I just, I don't know, I just had a moment where I'm just thinking, I wonder if welfare has played into that. Everybody, it's your girl, Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama, coming to remind you about our amazing Beat Cultural Relocation Tour. Yes, dates are available for 2024. 
You don't want to miss this amazing experience. Check out our YouTube channel. See the um, testimonies that people have given about this tour. It is life-changing. For more information, call 540-446-5107. Or you can reach me at charlotte at blackexpatsinpanama.net. I love you, I love you, I love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Have you put in place the tools and marketing strategies that will drive the revenue and growth outcomes for your business? Are you looking to expand your brand and image nationally and globally? Commercials, podcasting, graphics, and marketing support are just some of the ways we can dress up your business for prime time. We are EliteConversations.com. To learn more about us, Check us out at EliteConversations.com, our website, email us at ecpodcastmedia at gmail.com, or call us at 301-900-5703. There are many people that need to know about the wonderful products and services you have to offer. Let Elite Conversations help you to get the word out. So this is what I, I would like to say. Okay. Uh, ooh, it's a lot to load. Oh, this is this is rich. So number one, to your point, if, if someone is in your bloodline or whatever, and you you know that they're not positive for you, you said it, it, it in such a great way. You have to love them from afar, forgive because. Uh, not forgiving, that doesn't do anything to the other person. That just messes exactly. us up, right? So you release them with love and forgiveness, but you have to go, right? And that is with friends, like people, oh, that's my homies that I grew up with, that is family, because no, the crab and the barrel syndrome. The other piece is going back to the way we used to do things. Jim Crow South, how is how y'all do things in Panama? That's how you do things in Jamaica. You see what I'm saying? It's it's you, you know we we relied on each other. There were positives that were that we received with integration, but there was also negatives. Mm -hmm. I love Dr. Joy DeGroy with post-slave syndrome. No one talks about the post-slave, post-colonial syndrome that we go through, right? And many people don't want to talk about how the socialization process, how the story, how the story in the socialization process works to 
just mess us up. So what do I mean by that? Um, people talk about, oh, it's poverty that makes all these problems. Well, we was poor, but guess what? <laughs> uh, in Jim Crow South, if the teacher said, go, the parents said, you go and do whatever the teacher said. The teacher would go to the door, knock on the door. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, uh, if I could only buy uh, my uh, goods from you, because I dare not go across the, the tracks, Come I'm on. coming to you, darling, and I'm going to buy my flour from you. I'm going to buy whatever from you. If you know that you're going to come to me because you have to um, get something sold or whatever, then you're going to come to me. Oh, MG, is that not a collective working responsibility? Exactly. Is that not Ujamaa? Ujama. But, but the psychological thing, this is what I've said before about who wags the tail. We have always been the moral compass of this country, but they, uh, uh, but they work so hard to take our, like Denzel Washington's character said in um in the great debaters, you know, we're working hard for you to get back your true African mind. That the poor people, they cared about education. They cared about the, the church, you know, they cared about spirituality, they cared about uh values. So now what we have is a socialization process and a commercialism that is telling you. Uh, you know, it's okay to have guns. It's okay to wear your pants down. It's okay to dehumanize women in the in the music, right? Or in the videos. Uh, and they're working. You're, you're working, 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 working. People are working two and three jobs. So who's there with the children? This nuclear family thing. We always had extended family. We understood the importance of that to the middle generation, the ones who are out there working, to the elders that they still feel valuable, they still have the wisdom to give, and then the children. So you're going out to work, you don't have to worry about a pedophile taking care of your child. Grandma exactly. got the kid. Or Tati yeah, has the kid. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> and now even the, you know, people are realizing, oh, you know, this nuclear thing is, is not what's happening. You see what I'm saying? Uh, and then with the uh, technology, it, it it's harder to keep uh, our children in the kind of framework that we want them in. So that's why I say it's not just the poverty. Oh, I need this 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 um you know uh, funds or whatever they call it for dependent children whatever. But I can't let you know that I have a husband. Exactly. You see what that does exactly. to the family unit? Yes. Or I can't let you know that the that I have a, a companion that can help me. No. So when you come, I have to pretend like he's not here. Yes. That is that is part of the socialization process. Right. That's part of the genocide. That's part of the destruction. You see? So yeah. we have to un we have to tell other stories. Yes. We have you see, we have to get other stories out there uh, so that young people don't just go with, with this okey-doke, this okey-doke, this okey-doke that does is not going to help them in the long run, right? Uh, I'm driving a Mercedes, but I live in a project. Financial literacy, 
I have a television set that's bigger than my living room, but I don't have a library. So we have to undo some of the socialization process before it, you know, um, it, it, we valued uh, education. We, we valued, uh, you know, uh, people having a certain intellect. Now, oh, you know, you, you know, you, it's not cool. It's not cool to, to be smart and all this sort of foolishness, right? And who does it hurt? It, it hurts us as a people. We valued the way that we presented ourselves in public. Yes. You know, I mean, back in the day, um, going to the store in your pajamas was just, you couldn't imagine. You couldn't imagine anybody doing that. And we had this big discussion about the way we present ourselves and the way we show up on my um on my 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 book club, Black Girls Thinking Grow Rich, shameless plug. Um, when we were we we just read Roland Martin's book, White Fear. And um, you know, a lot of the girls in the group felt like, especially the younger ones, was like, well, you know, what do we have to prove to people? And unfortunately, you know, we don't have to. We don't have to prove anything to people, but I really think that we got to show up for ourselves a little better. We got to show up for ourselves a little better. You know, I learned about um, black people back in the day taking those photos. When I think of, when I say to you, a black family, you know, back in the 1920s or 30s or before, and you see this picture of your grandmom and her best or the family all dressed in their best. And I learned through some photography research that I'd done that that was their way of showing who we are. You know what I mean? Like, you know, being able to look good and, 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 and then to be photographed looking good was a big part of leaving legacy. You know, they didn't want to just leave the legacy and have the photos of them working on somebody's cotton field. You know what I'm saying? As their legacy. So they spent money on clothes and on a photographer so that they could leave behind something that showed great dignity in the way that they, they saw themselves. We had to fight for our humanity. Yes. We had to fight to show that we're human. Yes. And then that we're just an, an equal. And and we're still, you know, yes. in a situation where we're being dehumanized. Yes. So younger people, yes, you, you, you don't have to prove anything. However, when you look at the data, uh, people, uh, there's still uh, discrimination. There's still institutional discrimination in terms of how much money certain people get in, uh, in certain professions that are black, that are Latino, and who are white. You can look at that. It's not evened out yet. You, you see what I'm saying? Uh, so it's not so much about uh, proving, but we still are in the struggle yes. for equity. Yes, for humanity. When you look at the way Black people are being killed today in 2023 by our, you know, our finest, 
you know, right. it's like, do, do you see these things? And I try to, I try to just not actually look at a lot of it, you know, because it's just like we are dehumanized. You know, it is like, it is just a reminder that we have still, after all of this time, after all of our contributions to society, that that is what it comes down to. So when I say I'm somebody that blacks it, you know, for a better life, you know, I, I, I want a better life for all of us. You know, mm -hmm. we have contributed so greatly to the United States, so greatly we built that country. And we still gotta be worried about how we present ourselves when we're out in the streets, even though you can be Barack Obama in the streets and still not viewed as human as, as the, the humanity picture. But I mean, it just is so painful. It is so painful. But and I see, think that having this mm -hmm. conversation yeah. and, and, and reawakening and, and reintroducing and introducing to some the principles of Kwanzaa, you know, and how we can focus on making these changes and, and, and bringing principles and ways for us to grow as communities together to get beyond the crabs in the barrel mentality that has been taught to us. You know, the east side, the west side, the north side, the dark skin, the light skin, the house and the, the, the you know, the field. And, you know, and I mean, it's, it's that's even what I'm, I'm for it. Well, see, this is the thing. You know, there, there are scholars that, that have said that they don't believe um, that there was a Willie Lynch and the Lynch letters and everything that was put in, in yes. the Lily, Willie Lynch letters. And then there's some that say, oh, no, there really was a Willie Lynch. Mm -hmm. But it, that it doesn't concern me and doesn't matter. But the what he set out in that letter, what's yes. in that letter True. has been played out. True. We're doing it to ourselves. Now, the puppet masters, you know, might look different, but then in real time, we're, we're doing it to ourselves. So we have to unravel that. You know, and 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 we know what to do. We we know what to do. We just have to continue to do it. We have to mentor our own. We need to have better financial literacy. We need to continue to struggle. What white supremacists don't want to get is that we we don't want to do to them what they did to us. Yeah. That is not in our nature. Yeah. We just want to live and let live, but we want equity and they you know and so that's why we see so many things are being rolled back we can't sit on our laurels we have voting right uh, uh rights that are being going back you see what's happening with roy versus wade going back mm -hmm. banning of books in 28 states going backwards taking african uh black studies out of the curriculum, it never was in the curriculum properly to begin with. So now they're put taking that back. It's so we we still are in the fight. They they change it, we, but we have got to say, hey, this is the game. These are the rules, and we've got to play to win. We've got to stop it now, and we've got to play to win because they're not playing. They're not playing. Uh, you know, uh, they fight, they I fight mean, for their life. 
The, the, the people are not going to give up privilege easily. They don't want to give it up, and they don't want they don't want to share it. And no. like said, we don't want we don't have the same intentions that right. they do. But all they know is who they are, and, and then the social. Out. And then see, they too are being uh, controlled, but by the puppet masters, because from day one they they were told okay, we're going to make you a little step better and we're going to give you a little bit more. But what they don't recognize and they don't care is that the the equity that we get and we have always got helps them too. So they rather be in a trailer with no teeth mm. than to vote for people that would give them better health care, that would wow. that would uh, even uh, you know the playing fields econo economically and all these things because they they are suffering sometimes even more with white privilege than our community, yes. but but yeah. they dare not say okay let me vote for my own interests. Yes, they don't want to see that they might have more in common with us than a billionaire that has the same uh, skin <laughs> yeah. tone, yeah. you yeah. know? But <laughs> you know something? I think that everybody knows by now who is coming to Panama. Dr. Hughes <laughs> is coming to Panama. And you do not want to miss her. And so oh. if you want more of this amazing, uh, amazing, amazing woman, um, and to meet her in person, you definitely need to get your tickets. Now, what I want to say before we close is, Dr. Humes, you're going to be bringing some books with you, right? Yes, yes. I have Kwanzaa, A Time to Celebrate, that comes with a CD. Okay. And then my newest book is um, The Night Anansi Stole Kwanzaa. And I also have a uh, journal called My Right to Heal, which is perfect moving into the new year because yes. you can work on that journal and it'll help you work out a whole lot of things on the inside so you can be better on the outside so the 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 books the the books that you have are they geared towards like a younger audience like um children or well my right to heal is uh is for advanced high school students but adults okay Okay, so that that's really a journal that's looking at uh, health, financial literacy, meditation, fitness, uh, all of these things. And then uh, the other two books are children's books. Okay. But th this one, um, Kwanzaa Time to Celebrate, will help you to be able to celebrate Kwanzaa in your own home. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think that we're going to have an amazing turnout. Um, I'm really excited to have you again in Panama. It was nice meeting you. Was it early or last year? Yes, yes, yes. Jan January. Last year or last January? Year. It was January? Yeah. Yes. So we'll, it'll be, okay, so it'll be about a year and I'm seeing you again. So it was just... Yes. Amazing um, to meet you. Do you want to tell us how to contact you? Would you like to leave us with um, a thought, you know, uh, before we close? <laughs> well, uh, that I hope that you come to this wonderful event and, and read up on Kwanzaa and really 
just understand that uh, we all come from the continent of Africa. Mm. And, and, and what is the difference is where our ancestors landed. So my ancestors landed in Charleston and Virginia, uh, probably with some stops in between. <laughs> your, your family might have winded up in Jamaica and then winded up in Panama, you know, but it's, but we're still the same people. Mm -hmm. And, and Pan-Africanism is what it is about connecting Africa, diaspora and America and coming together because we are the prayers of our ancestors. And if right. we don't do it, no one will do no it. No one will. I always say we are the we are our ancestors' wildest dreams. That is like yes. I love it. I, I love it. And I think that, you know, remembering that and remembering, you know, just the things that they had to suffer through that was just just stuff that we have things to suffer through now, but it's nothing compared. You know, it was like at least we have a starting point. You know, our people were always starting from sub, you know, sub, 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 sub. So the things that they built were are just so amazing. And I just want us as a people to continue to make them proud for them to look at what we've done and say, wow, I could have never dreamed that. That is just yes. for my mother, you know, just as, as, as close um, in legacy and, and DNA as my mother, for my mother to look at me and my siblings and to say, wow, I just could not have ma imagined them, us doing this in my wildest dreams. We have to look at ourselves from a position of assets. The, there's never been in the history of human beings any people that went through what we went through and then 300, 400 years later are where we are now. That's like what my CD is on the, on the um, shoulders of our ancestors. Mm. And we have to sometimes look at what we've done coming out of slavery, reconstruction, look what they did then. You, you know, uh, it, it's unbelievable, you know, and we have to know that that resilience that and all of those things that they had, it's in our DNA. Yes. To move forward. If you look at little little babies that are born now, look how they, they're just coming out. <laughs> just alert. Yes. Whoa. Like, wow. I said, I swear they know how to work computers when they're born. Well, we have to continue that. We have to continue that. You know, and we have to keep an eye. When we look at AI right now. You know, there's some intrinsic things there that are that, you know, we have to keep an eye on as uh, as communities of color. And we have to stay on top of the technology to make sure that it is being used for good and not evil. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, tell us how to um, find you, uh, Dr. Humes, and I'm going to let you go. Yes, yes, yes. Well, um, our, our website is www.yathaculturalarts.org and you can reach us there. And then we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. So we look forward to hearing from you and seeing you in Panama. Yes, Panama. Yeah, baby. Yes, honey. <laughs>
So listen, thank you very much for um for being on the show. And I'm looking forward to seeing you in Panama as well. Thank you. Okay, there you have it. Um just an amazing scholar, and um we're just very blessed and happy to have Dr. Humes coming here um to Panama to to do the the, the Kwanzaa, the post-Kwanzaa celebration. Please tell all your friends they can get their tickets. I think the link is on blackexpatsinpanama.net. I'll double check it. If it's not, it will be. But in the meantime, you can always reach me to ask for your link um, to, to purchase your tickets. Um, you can reach me at charlotte at blackexpatsinpanama.net. Um, it is $5 for each adult and kids under 12 come for free. Please do indicate on your order form how many kids are coming with you. So we have a point for that. I think we have about three vendor spots left. We have everybody um, as far as vendors from people um, that are selling, you know, traditional Panamanian food, Afro-Panamanian vendors, um, authors, um, designers are there for us and we still have a, a couple of other um, spaces. So please do uh, reach out to me and join us on January 6th for our post-Kwanzaa festival with Dr. Linda Hughes. Um, I want to thank everybody for joining us and uh, let's see here. I will see you guys soon. Um, this is Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama. I love you. I love you. I love you. And there is just nothing you can do about it. See you soon, guys.